You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to the Worshipology podcast. This is a podcast geared towards worship teams, worship leaders, and worshipers of Jesus. We're talking about living and leading a life of worship. And y'all know, uh, the summer we've taken off, June and July, so uh, August, it's awesome to be back. And uh, man, I'm so excited for today's conversation uh, because, you know, up until today, it's just been emails and texts, and uh, we've actually had Alex sing a track for us in Spanish. So excited about that coming out later this year. But um, y'all say what's up to Alex de Jesus Gomez in Chicago. Hi. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so uh, excited. I like to talk about anything worship. Like, yeah. whenever I get with worship leaders, whether it be like over the phone or Zoom or in person, I'm like, I could talk about this for hours. So you just let me know when we need to stop because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's so much to talk about. And a lot yeah. of times it's just like, you know, you can have a church down the street and they're doing, they're running their ministry a little bit differently or they've experienced something differently. And you could just learn so much from just talking to other worship leaders and mm. saying like, oh, wait, like that happened? Like, oh, I, I, I wanted to try that, but maybe I won't. Or I'll, you know, how did you guys form that kind of culture? Or how did you, you know, like, yeah, I feel like yeah. that's so important. Like you can kind of... um miss all the little mistakes if you just kind of get close to worship leaders that have been wow. doing it for a long time and you're not afraid to like ask those questions and say like I just want to get better and you know constantly learning so I'm excited to be here I love to talk about anything worship so a little bit about me born and raised in Chicago my whole life uh, my my Let's grand go. yeah uh, we are like in the hood, um, in a very <laughs> Puerto Rican community. And my grandfather actually started the church that um, I worship lead at back in wow. like the 60s. And then my dad, who is his son-in-law, um, took over the church. And then from there, it just kind of like uh, exploded, really. Wow. My mom was the worship leader for my grandfather and also for my dad. So around 30 years. And then um, when I was around 24, 25, I've always been in the worship team, right? Like so youth yeah. and all of that, just growing up in it. And uh, I got to travel a lot um, in like choirs through the city and stuff like that. And so like I was as just a kid? like as a kid. Yeah, I went to Japan. Wow. I was like, you know, just really... Um, learning how to sight read and things like that. So I was always in music, like all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, then when I got out, of, I went to college for business because I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire. That was like the dream. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what did you study? Because I went to college for finance. Yeah, I went for business management and entrepreneurship. All right. Yeah, I wanted to. Hey, like, helpful skills for a worship leader. I mean, when in doubt business always. Yes. I loved it. I was like, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I had like, at the time it was like the market crashed in 08 okay, and everything yeah. was just like going for super cheap. And I had bought a house for $5,000 and wow. I like turned it around. Then I bought a two flat. And so I was already like going, like I was already collecting rent and I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is, 
my You had like Chip and Joanna Gaines before there was anything Magnolia. Yeah. And I was only like 20, you know? Wow. And it just so happened that the market crashed and it was like, oh my gosh, I could, I could try this. So, Mm. so that's where I was. My head was at after college. And then my dad kind of took me to the side and was like, Hey, you know, would you consider working for the church and managing the properties of the church? Uh, Because there was like at the time, maybe like 25 properties that the church owned throughout the, throughout the community. And yeah, super cool. So I was like, okay. So I started doing that for a couple years and then my mom wanted to retire. And so she, you know, passed the, she was, she asked me to be the worship leader for our main campus. And I was just like terrified, like, (laughs) oh my gosh. Like I had been in the worship team. Like I knew everyone, I knew like what to do and I knew I could do it. But also there's like that, that. I don't know that scary part. There, there were people on the team that like legit babysat me that were my wow. mom's age, you know, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? Like, how how am I going to be able to lead? Are they going to be able to, to trust me to lead or, you know, yeah. like how how is that dynamic going to work? And so I, I remember like my first rehearsal with them, just telling them like, guys, I'm going to make mistakes. I am not going to get it right all the time, but I'm just asking that you help me, you support me, you pray for me, you let me know when I'm going the wrong direction. Like you, you know, just kind of asking for that, that grace. Man. And so, um, so let me pause you there because that's really good. Like, I mean, you know, this is kind of like your, your story. And for those who don't know, new life covenant, Chicago, massive church, huge ministry. And Alex, you were kind of like, literally grandfathered in your mom handed it off to you i'm sure you know there's uh how many people on the team at that time would you um, say i would say probably like 35 40 okay yeah and, and so yeah you're coming in and you know people can think whatever they want like oh this is just handed down generation generation she's not going to get it uh too young whatever but i love the approach that you have with like hey pray for me help me give me the grace to be the best leader for y'all that I can be. And I mean, how was that received coming in from that, um, that just aspect of like grace and humility? Cause I think that's so key for worship leaders. Yeah. Um, it was received really well. Like I, I felt so much love and like protection in a way there were mm-hmm. some people that, that had left that were like, Hey, you know, your mom's retiring. I'm retiring too. Type of thing. Like I'm, I'm getting, okay. I'm getting older. But it was a conversation that they had with me, and not, and like, it has nothing to do with you. But like, you know, I'm, I think it's my time to join the women's ministry now, or try something yeah. else, or you know. And I really appreciated that honesty as well. Mm. And looking back on it, I am very grateful for it because you want people who are ready to go that are on your team. And sometimes people leaving is the best, best thing that could happen for your ministry because you're able to go without like feeling like, am I going to hurt this person? Or am I going to, I'm not sure where they stand. They, you know, they kind of have an attitude or whatever it may be. You, there, there might be that like tension there. Um, so there were like two or three people that decided to transition along with my mom, which I was super grateful for, but then there Mm -hmm. was a lot that stayed behind. And I, definitely utilize them and was like, Hey, you know, before we start rehearsal, can you give us a Devo on leadership or, Hey, can you do this? Or, Hey, can you pray for this person? Or 
this girl's going through mm. a lot. Can you be her mentor? Like, can you, wow. like, I really wanted to utilize them and let them know, like, I need you. Yeah. Like, this is not, it's not optional. You are essential to this team. And your wisdom is something that not only the people who are newcomers coming in need, but it's something that I need as well. And wow. so that was something that was really important to me because I, I wanted to be able to be a leader that can lead an older generation, my generation and a younger generation. And I would be, Ooh, that's good. Yeah. I would be very, very like intentional on the onboarding process when people would come onto the team and saying mm-hmm. like, you are on team on a Sunday for a specific reason with those specific people. You need to figure out what it is. Do not. Yep. Do not be on your phone in the green room. Like talk to somebody, even if you don't know them. Like if there's an older lady there, older gentleman there, like get to know them. And there were times in the beginning where I would pull people to the side and be like, hey, I noticed like you're on your phone a lot or whatever. I think you would really like if you, you know, just trying to start those relationships. Because I was like, guys, we're going to be a family. Like if anything else, um, because for me off the altar, is going to display on the altar, if that makes sense. Mm, how, totally. you, how you interact, how your conversations off the altar, how you love one another, how you come like prepared because you're yeah. honoring that other person um, and their time. Like what you do off the altar is 100% going to reflect on the altar. And so in the beginning, I was just like having those hard conversations and letting people know on the team exactly how I wanted the team to respond and react to one another, if that makes wow. sense. That's really good. And, and you know, you said something, because I think this is so key in many churches of all different backgrounds, is leading multiple generations, people coming in with their preferences and styles and and all of that. I mean, you know, on our team at Destination, we've got, yeah, we've got teenagers, we've got, um, you know, I'm 40. So it's like, you know, we've got a lot of people kind of in that, Hey, I've got a couple kids. And then we've actually had, we've got some people in their sixties and seventies on the team. And it's like being able to kind of bring all of those generations together, because that's really the church capital C. Right. Um, what are some of the challenges that you've had, uh, leading multiple generations? And then what are some of the, I don't, I don't want to say like answers to those challenges, but like, yeah, what are some of like maybe the tricks of the trade that you've had is like, that just kind of like breaks down the walls that could potentially have been there? Yeah, I would definitely say being intentional about what you want. And like, as soon as you feel a drift in a certain way, like, mm-hmm. like I always say, like, you're not going to naturally drift towards the place, towards your goal as a worship team. It's not going to be natural for everyone to drift there. You have to be so intentional good. and row your yep. boat in that direction. And as soon as I felt like something was off or something wasn't right or, you know, or even if I heard a comment like, oh, it would be great if we can end that song that's new with a hymn. And I'm like, great mm. idea. That's great. I love that. And like even on one of our songs, our free worship songs that came out, um, last year or two years ago, it's called Bless Him Some More. In the middle of it, yeah. we have a, a hymn. I will mm-hmm. bless the Lord, all my soul. And anytime we do it, it it's, it's upbeat. It's kind of gospel feel. And like all the people my age are like, oh my gosh, I love this song. And then when we hit the hymn, it's like you see all the older generations like, 
oh my yep. gosh, I love this song. <laughs> and it's so yeah. important. It's so important to listen to like those comments and listen to the feedback. I remember one time, like we were in the, the green room on a Sunday and one of the, someone from the older, older generation was like, oh yeah, yeah. Cause you know, back in the day we used to double Dutch and literally everyone in the room was like, I don't know how to double Dutch. And she was like, what? And I was like, what, what is double Dutch? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she was like, yeah, you know, jumping rope and double. And they were like, yeah, we don't, we don't know how to do that. And so I was like, you know what guys, before rehearsal next week, everyone come an hour early and she is going to teach us how to double dutch and it was like the fun let's go it was like the funnest time like she was like you know she brought the rope like she was wow. like so into it and legit and everyone was like really trying and like we had something to talk about and laugh about like right before we were about to practice our songs or in our yeah. set so it was just about like it's always about finding those things in those moments or like someone has a new house. Oh, my gosh, let's all go over and like pray for her house or something like that. You know, like right, right. just being intentional about like every everyone's life and and what mm. they like and what what, what they have going on and, and trying to support them as a team. So that was like super crucial for me in the beginning wow. is like let's build this family atmosphere that way when people come on to the team they feel that and they already know like that culture is already set um mm -hmm. and of course you always have to make sure that it, it's it's being attended to but they're coming into something that has a foundation yeah that's and really so good. i so in so that was kind of my mindset in the beginning going in right like uh -huh. i think i was like 24 and i was like this is what it's going to be. And I was very adamant with the team. Like we need to focus on making Sundays great and Bible studies. Great. Like that's it. That's our focus. <laughs> yeah. Sunday service is great. And Bible study. That's it. Anything outside of that realm. I, I remember like actually saying that like nothing else matters except those two things. Like we need to get that right. Anything outside of that, I was like, not going to happen. And so there were quite a few people on the team that had the passion and desire for songwriting. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no. Like, I remember my husband's cousin was on the team. A lot of us are family on the team. So you'll notice that I'm going to say like sister, cousin. That's cool. <laughs> family, family in Christ and actual family. And I actual, love that. <laughs> yes. And she came up to me with a song and she was like, I have this. Like, what if we try it just as like a tag or something on a Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, like, actually, like, no, we don't do that. Like, no, like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. This was probably back yeah. in like 2014. Okay. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. We don't do that. We're not focusing on that right now. Cause in my mind, I was like, that is for people who are called to songwrite people like Hillsong mm. people like Bethel people like, you know, that's what well, God has literally woke them up in the middle of the night and told them to do this. And wow. I don't, I don't feel that. <laughs> so we're not wow. going to do that. And also I know what comes with that. I know yeah, that yeah. ego comes with that. Pride comes with that. Making hard decisions, telling people you can play on a Sunday, but you can't play on a live recording. Like those things wow. are hard. Those are hard conversations. And that to me was adding on stress that I didn't need. No one was asking me to record. No one was asking me like, hey, the, mm. the church, the church, my boss, who was my dad, wasn't saying like, hey. This is what we we're need to write. We need yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't a requirement at all. So I was like, guys, let's not shake the boat here. Like, let's not, <laughs> let's not do anything outside of what we need it's to do. It's going good. Let's just keep on it's, keeping on. Yeah, it's going great. <laughs> we all love each other. 
(laughs) We all are happy with each other. I mean, imagine if you have four drummers, if you have, you know, five bass players or whatever, you you have 20 singers. Like, how do you make those kinds of decisions? How do you tell someone, hey, this song is not great and send them on their way and then worship with them on Sunday. And then now they're, you know, like there's so many things Man, this is really good, Alex, because (laughs) I think there's so many churches that, uh, and you know, I talk to worship leaders. I know you talk to worship leaders all the time that are like, man, I want to write. Our church is ready to record. And I think you just by really just in a practical, but also spirit led sense of being like, Hey, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There's going to be some challenges. You're going to have some tensions that you're going to need to manage. What? So, so I mean, yeah, just keep, keep kind of like... Digging in there because I think this is so good, like the challenges that come and then tell us like, how did you know? Okay, now's the time. Yeah. So, and that's the thing that people don't think about. Like when you're an artist, that's, yeah. that's different. Like when you're an artist of a band, you make those decisions quick. You're not hurting anybody's feelings, mm-hmm. right? But when you are a local worship team, it's a whole other ball game. Like wow. these are people that serve at baptism, at at funerals, at weddings, at by, like they're in the trenches. Like they're doing multiple services a week. Um, sometimes volunteers, sometimes stipend. Maybe a stipend that's not enough. Like there's people wow. who are super super faithful, but maybe their talent cannot have them on on an album. Maybe they can't play to uh you know you know what I mean. Like there's so many things to think about. And I already knew I don't want to think about those things. (laughs) So Mm. that being said, around that time, maybe a a couple months later, my dad gets asked to speak at Planet Shakers Church in Australia. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I'm going because I've never (laughs) been to Australia. Yeah. (laughs) So me and my husband go and we're at a dinner with the team. I think it was a lunch or dinner or something. And I'm talking to the worship leader um, and she Pastor Sam, she was like, oh, what songs do you guys do at your church? And I was like, oh, you know, we do Israel, we do Planet Shakers, we do Bethel, Mm -hmm. we do, you know, so I start naming them. And she goes, oh, do you guys do any songs of your own? And I was like, no, no, like kind of like a little bit of a disgust maybe on my face. (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) The sad puppy dog look. Yeah, like, no. And and a very tone of like, that's your thing. That's not our thing. Um, And so she goes, oh, okay. So you're okay with singing about what God is doing in our church here in Planet Shakers, but you don't want to sing about what God's doing at your church in New Life. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yes, she did. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm dying inside. Like, Wow. I was like, she's, she's right. Like I was convicted as soon as she started speaking. And she said, if you expect the Holy Spirit to give your pastor a word every Sunday, you should expect no less. The Holy Spirit can give you a song every Sunday. Wow. And I, I, I literally was like changed from that moment and from that conversation and god really knew why i was in australia i thought it was to see the country and to have fun and to take pictures but little did i know there was an appointment that i had and it was this conversation Mm. and i think if it if it came from anyone else like from a family member i don't know that i would have listened and the fact that it came from her who she didn't know me like she didn't know if, if I could sing, she'd even know if, if our church had the capability to like record or she didn't know anything about me. Right. right and the, right. F- the fact that it was so direct 
was also something that I needed. Like it wasn't passive. It wasn't like, well, you should try. <laughs> like it would be good if you just try, you know, then I would be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. because it was like, boom, like here it is. And I, I don't know, yep. I think the Chicago in me and like the hood in me was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I took, I had that conversation in me like the whole time mm. in Australia, I get back, I text everybody on the team. And I was like, instead of meeting at the church for rehearsal, you guys are going to meet at my house. Wow. And so everyone's crammed in my living room and I start off the conversation and I was like, guys, I tell them the story mm -hmm. and and I just start crying and I'm like, I'm so sorry, like for my leadership, because I was actively pushing away um, songs. I was actively pushing away things that were from the Holy Spirit. And I said, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know wow. how to write a song. I don't know how to record a song. I don't know what this means, but I'm letting you know right now, our culture is going to shift. Like we wow. are going to sing about what God is doing in our church. I don't know how, but just know I am open to it. I'm accepting it. I, I apologize as a leader for um, leading in fear and leading in a way that would be more like um, or less stressful for me. Mm. But if the Holy Spirit is giving our team songs, then we are going to be good stewards of it. Wow. And I'm going to, and, and let's see what happens. <laughs> and is this kind of the moment where like free worship was born? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly that meeting at my house is exactly the moment for me that it was like, I, we didn't call ourselves free worship at the time. Um, yeah. But for me, it was like, okay, we're shifting to, we're going to care about what we're getting. Right. And so yeah. it was only about a couple weeks later at a rehearsal uh, or uh, the rehearsal right before Sunday service where I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, not audibly here, but I sensed that we were going to get our song today. Wow. And so I brought the team to the back and I told, I'd never done this before and I don't think I'll do it again, but I told everyone, hey, the Holy Spirit, I, I really feel like we're going to get a song today. Um, mm. and, I, and I'm not so prideful to think that it has to come through me. So... If anyone at any point in the service during our worship set feels like they have a song, you need to, you need to get on the mic. I don't care if you're on the bass. I don't care if you're on the piano. I don't care. Mm. Like you need to get on the mic and you need to start singing. Wow. Whatever it is. And so um, I was just so nervous and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Why did I just do that? Like that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so chaotic. Yeah. Like, can you imagine a worship service where just everyone, oh my gosh, I'm like, that is just so, you know, it could have been a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> but so what happened? What happened? Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, first service happened. We start, we ended, oh man, I forgot what song it was. I think it was a like Amanda Cook song. And one of the mm. singers on our team, she starts singing, uh, Christ be revealed, break every chain kingdoms will bow at the mention of your name christ be mm. revealed right yeah. i mean we as a team we're on the floor like we're crying and yeah. the church is responding as well but we're more so crying because 
we saw the fruit of obedience. Mm. Right? Like they were all at the conversation at my house. They knew that we were expecting this from the Holy Spirit. Like I had told yeah. them at the, the front end before service, like we're going to get something. And then that just comes out. And so wow. we were just like, oh my gosh, like really more so just prostrate because we're like, oh my gosh, Lord, who are we that you would give us something? Like, this is not even mm. what we do. This is not what we went to school for. This is not like, this mm. is, this is not us. Right. And so that ended up being the first, that ended up being the title of our first uh, album. Love it. Uh, Christ be revealed. Mm. Um, and what, what year was this? Alex? That was 2015. Okay. Yeah, that was 2015. And I remember when we first recorded, it was on a Sunday. We had four services and we never told the church we were recording. That's how scared we were. Like, that's how nervous we were. (laughs) We told no one, like absolutely no one, like not the leadership, like nobody. Like we have audience mics out. We have an audio engineer. No one knows because I was like, just in case this is bad. We're not, uh-huh. we're not telling anyone. Cause then I don't want them to come up to me in a couple months. Like, Hey, where's that album that you got? You know, we're right. like, no harm, no foul. Exactly. We're like, we're, <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. We're recording. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we, we recorded and then there were so many like new life worship, life worship or covenant worship. Like we couldn't yeah. find a, a name. And so Already in our culture, we would we would say free worship. So let's say we were putting a set together. Mm-hmm. We would say, um, "We'll do." I thank God. We'll do um, goodness. Uh, what is it? Goodness uh, of God. Goodness of God, right? And then we'll have some free worship time, which m- which means we're gonna have some time for the Holy Spirit to give us a song. So we would always wow. say like, hey, before we start rehearsal, let's have some free worship time. Or hey, before we do this, like let's, let's, let's put some free worship time in between these two songs. So we just decided like, hey, let's just call it free worship so that we always remember that it's the Holy Spirit that got us to where we are. And since it's already in our culture, it's already in our DNA, we'll just, because a lot of times people are like, oh, free worship is a part of new life or that there's mm-hmm. a disconnect there because it's not the same name. Um, yeah. But we just couldn't because they, those names were already taken. Um, wow. So that is kind of how I started writing and recording. And from there, honestly, it just, it just took, you know, it just wow. went to places that we never thought it would go. We were always, I was always concerned with the church and what the church would like. Because mm-hmm. we were making songs for the church, you know, and yeah. ta- talking about things that were happening within the church or something would happen. We're like, oh, we need to write a song about that. And, and so the fact that it has done so well outside of the church as well, and especially yeah. in like the Spanish community and stuff, we're just like so grateful. Like anytime we see a church do our song and they tag us in it, we're like, oh my gosh, we're freaking <laughs> out right now. We are freaking out because we're like, we are nothing. Like we don't like, mm. we don't have any like thing in us that says, yeah, we deserve to be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah, that's our song. Or yeah, we, you know, we know how to do this or we know how to make hits. We're like, no, we honestly do not. We wow. don't know Let- the formula. 
let me talk about that for a little bit because I mean, yeah, it just sounds like, and you know, it's so fun kind of on my side of the conversation just to have so many of these, uh, you know, episodes where you're just talking to people and it's like, look, we had no visions of grandeur. We had no desire to have anything other than like a song for our church. And I mean, it's just really cool. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a a big fan of like what you guys do. And and I think I want to shift in a little bit and just talk a little bit more about bilingual worship and and Spanish and English and how you guys do that balance. But I mean, you know, with BEC Records now, you guys have so many listeners on Spotify. You're, you're, You're resourcing and serving both Spanish and English communities of the church. Yeah. Um, how, how do you, um, you know, now that you guys have kind of seen some of your songs take off beyond home, how do you keep the focus on home while also realizing like, look, this is a movement. God's breathing on it. We want to steward this and not waste this moment um, and not waste this movement. So how do you kind of balance that with, um, you know, obviously keeping your first and foremost, you know, focused on what's going on at New Life? Yeah, for sure. It's hard, right? Um, yeah. But we have such a great team. Um, that will like a, a lot of times in our language will be like, okay, you have to hold down the house this weekend because we'll mm-hmm. be out. Like anytime we go out, I don't know that we've ever had the same team. Wow. The, the core of us will be there. Maybe like three or four people will always go out, but everyone else has to be switched out. So we'll be like, oh, let's take the drummer. We have eight campuses. So we'll say, let's take, mm. let's take the drummer from this campus or let's take this person. Like we haven't taken them out. Um, in a while, let's do them or that person needs to stay because we have, you know, this service that they need to go to. So it's it's definitely like chess yeah. <laughs> and making sure that no one feels especially if it's like if it's a Spanish event. Right. We'll be yeah. like, OK, we won't take this person because they flow better in English. Um we'll take this person from the Spanish, like we have a Spanish campus, like, or we'll take this person from our Elgin campus and they'll come with us. Um, so that helps as well if it's a Spanish wow. event versus the English event. And so that's something that had to, we had to kind of like discuss and, and really have the team understand like, Hey guys, it's not going to be the same people every time. There are going to be trips yeah. that you're going to be on. And then there's trips that you're not going to be on. And um, it's really just a matter of, how we can make this happen and how we can cover the home. Um, there have mm. been events where we had to ha- turn down because our church was having something or it's a conference or, you know, I think just th- that happened last week. Someone wanted us to do a conference in 2024 and it's our church's conference. And we're like, oh, sorry, gotcha. can't do that. Like, can't, it's, it's not even something that we like, how can we make this work? You yeah. know, it's it, like, here's the priority. We, this is it. Yeah. 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 And so that's the difference between an artist, right? And, and a worship team. They don't have mm. to, to think about that aspect of wow. it. But for us, it's just something that, you know, if you are a local worship team that is producing the music for your house um, and, and it goes outside of the house, that's something that you just have to think about and talk to with the team and saying like, hey, uh, just so you know, six months from now. Mm-hmm. We're going to be gone. So you're MDing that weekend. So you cannot decline that weekend. Just so you know. <laughs> like, no declines on planning center, please. No decline for that weekend, man. Cause we need you, you know, like just making sure that you're reiterating the, the schedule because the, wor- the schedule of the worship team is different from the schedule of the worship team that, that like the outside of the four walls, free worship and inside are like two yeah. 
two separate entities, but the same. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to navigate and we, I think we've done a really good job in in trying to cover our bases, Mm -hmm. you know, but in, in multicultural worship in Spanish and English, um, we just started doing it obviously because we're Hispanic and because our people wanted to hear it in both. And because we have campuses that do English and Spanish services, yeah, we knew, okay, this album has to come out in English and then it has to come out in Spanish. Like it's just, we have wow. to, we have to make it happen and we have to make it work. And it's like double the, the work and, and double the stress. But, um, so tell me how that works. Is it, is it kind of just, are you guys changing up instrumentation and arrangement or are you kind of just, uh, Hey, this is what it is in English. And then, you know, obviously the translation in Spanish, does it, yeah, yeah, for those who may not have ever done that before, and I'm asking both as a learner and a podcaster right now because you know uh, we just released a song called All of Our Praise from Destination Worship, and we're launching a Spanish service in the fall. Um, and and I, I speak a little bit of Spanish. We got a couple other worship leaders that can sing and speak in Spanish. And so we really want to lean into that with authenticity. And so right. reached out to you guys. Y'all translated it for us. You sang a beautiful version of it. And um, I cannot wait for that to come out. But you know, when you're kind of taking songs and looking at the Spanish and English, is it just the the, the language that's different? Or what what all goes into that, Alex? Yeah, mainly it's the language that's different. Because at the at the time that we're recording, like, the instrumentation would be the same because they're doing it on Sundays the same, if that makes sense. So they'll do it in English and then they'll do it again, but just, you know, in Spanish. And so Mm -hmm. the feel of it, I feel sometimes depending on the translation will feel different in Spanish. Um, But there are Mm -hmm. times like we'll do a remix version. Like there's this song we have um, called Give My All. Yeah. And then we did it in Spanish. So it's called um, Rindo Todo. And we Mm. did it in Spanish on YouTube and we did like a salsa remix. And that was for something just like, yeah, it was just like a fun, you know, different thing to do. But we don't do that with all of our songs, just songs that we're like, oh, this song, you know, it was already kind of like a a cool like reggaeton song. We're like, oh, let's try to do something different for our conference. It worked really well. And then we just put it up. But usually for the worship and praise stuff, because Mm -hmm. we do the worship and praise back to back on a Sunday, um, we don't necessarily like change up the instrumentation on it, but just like the lyrics or maybe sometimes if it's guy led or female led, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So on any given Sunday, are you guys uh, leading so, so let's talk about like a, a typical worship set at New Life. Are you guys doing um, like one song in English, the next song in Spanish, or is it kind of like a mashup of both? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So at our campus, we do services in English. Um, mm-hmm. And then five minutes away is our Spanish campus that does three services in Spanish. So, okay. so that service is everything is in Spanish and ours, everything is in English. But because a lot of the people and in our congregation are like second, third generation, um, mm-hmm. we will put in Spanish in there. Like, so, you know, every time is different, right? So the first verse, first chorus will be Spanish. The rest will be English or the whole song, gotcha. the whole song will be English. And then we do the tags in Spanish or, you know, We'll flip flop it depending on whatever, like, oh, we'll do the whole song in English. And then can you come back on it and do like just two courses to end in Spanish? Like we're always trying to do that, but we do it with other languages as well. We've sang in like 
Hindi and 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 sweet wow. Swedish and um, um, Tagalog and Telugu. Like we really try to expand our horizons <laughs> um, so is that you kind of learning how to say it in these different languages or, or are you finding people in your church on your team that come from these different backgrounds yeah i find people in the church um and then i'm like hey how would you translate this like we have this yeah. one song called my soul sings the bridge is super easy um it's like Hallelujah, holy, holy, only you get all the glory. Hallelujah, holy, holy, only you get all the glory. And it feels Love very it. much like what heaven would sound like, you know, like wow. just singing holy, just singing holy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to translate this into other languages. So we did it in like four different languages. And um, we had the help yeah. of, of two people in the church that spoke different languages. And we're like, okay, now tell us how to say it, write it down for us. Now come to our rehearsal and critique us. And we have no idea like what we're saying, but also is like, it's touching them to be able to speak in their native tongue. And even yeah. though we feel like, oh my gosh, are we butchering it? Or, oh my gosh, are we, <laughs> you know, whatever. They're like, no, no, yeah. it sounds great. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Like we're so grateful and stuff like that. And so I'm like, wow. in the beginning, I was kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say fearful, but a little hesitant about like yeah. incorporating different languages. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember one time I had this conversation with the lady, uh, this African-American lady at our church. And she was saying like, man, in the beginning, when you guys would sing Spanish, like let's say my hands are lifted and it's, and we're singing English. And then when you guys would sing Spanish, I would like kind of put my hands down and saying like, Oh, this is, this is their time to worship, right? Like this is their wow. language. So this yeah. is their time, whatever. Yeah. And so she's like, and then later I was at a, at a wedding and there was like, um, reggaeton or salsa or something. And she was like, and I'm dancing with my niece and we're having a good time. And she was like, and immediately I felt convicted. Like I can, I can dance to their music and I don't know what they're saying. So why can't, mm. why can't I worship in church, even though wow. I know that they're glorifying God? Yeah. I, I can still do that. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for telling me that. Like that kind mm. of put it into perspective for me because we don't even know what the language of heaven is going to be. So wow. why not just practice in any language now? Like if, as long as you know that they're glorifying God, like as long as you know that we're lifting up the name of Jesus, then try yeah. just try to say it in that language and like, don't be afraid. And so that's kind of the posture that, we uh, take with it. We kind of have like a running joke on the team where they're like, what, you know, what language is Alex going to make us sing in today? But <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep them on their toes, Alex. Keep yes, them on their toes. Yes. I love it. Well, talk to, talk to people who are listening about like, you know, say, so, so for me personally, I'm, I'm getting a little selfish here, but like, you know, we're, we're starting a Spanish service in the fall uh, in our area, just South of Richmond, a uh, lot of Hispanic, different populations from, you know, mostly Central America, I think mm -hmm. up here, um, you know, and I think honestly, any church that's not thinking multiculturally, not thinking, you know, Hey, let's stretch other languages. We got to reach more people for the kingdom in our area. We got to make everything more accessible for the kingdom. And I, I think, you know, there's not going to be many churches that thrive, much less survive 10 years from now, if you're not thinking this way now. Yeah. Um, and so talk to, talk to worship leaders, talk to pastors about like, you know, what, what's that one step that we can take, you know, this month in, in kind of stepping towards bridging that gap? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think 
sometimes people think too much before starting it. Like, um, like how, what should we do? Or they think too much about it. And to be honest, like imagine if you were in another country and you, you live there, you were a refugee, like you had to flee your country. And let's say you are in China and you hear worship in Chinese for years and years and years and years. And then out, out of the blue on a Sunday, someone just starts singing, how great is our God? Sing with me, how mm. great. You're going to be like, oh my gosh. Like mm. You're going to cry. You're going to lift up your hands. Like Even if they have an accent, you don't care. Like You don't care that That's they have amazing. an accent. Like You're so happy that they tried. You're so happy that even if it was for five minutes, you were able to sing praises to your God in your native tongue. You know, and so you have to think about your service like that. Like, even if you're not all the way there, maybe you don't have a Spanish speaking pastor, um, but maybe you have a worship leader that is not afraid to try a chorus in Spanish. No one on your team has to know Spanish in order to to sing in Spanish. We didn't know, Mm -hmm. you know, Swedish, but we sang it in in Swedish, you know. So it's about saying like, it's not about my reservations and my, you know, I, yes, I want it to be perfect, but it's about giving that person the chance to sing in their language, even if it is for three minutes, even if it is for, for a chorus. And Mm. of of course you want to get it excellent. You don't, you want to make sure that you're calling someone who does speak the language and saying like, Hey, how can I fix it? Like do your due diligence for sure. But I guarantee, guarantee, guarantee you that Mm. it is going to mean so much that you even tried, that you even did it, that you even intentionally put it in the program you know? So I just say like, start small and you don't, people will come out of the woodworks and be like, Oh my gosh, that meant so much to me. Or I remember singing that song as a kid, or if you ever need help with translating or, you know, like things will start to, the momentum will start to happen. That's so good. I mean, I think the perspective that you just shared, like think of yourself in those shoes of like, man, you haven't heard worship in your native tongue. And then all of a sudden, I mean, that's just, that's a beautiful perspective. And I think for those who are listening, like, man, making that effort. And I, and I was, I will testify, like you will see people coming out of the woodworks because the moment we announced, <laughs> Hey, this Spanish service, we had an info session where 40 people showed up oh, and man. you know, it, it was like, okay, wow. I think, I think we, we do have the people to actually pull this off. And so yeah. uh, there's just a lot of excitement in the air at our church right now. And we're just so excited um, to see how God is going to use that. Alex, man, this has been incredible. Um, <laughs> I, I think we could probably keep talking for another hour, but we just got a I few know, minutes left here. Uh, I don't know how it passed this quickly, but you know, one of the things I love asking worship leaders on here is, man, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you uh, right now? Uh, this could be kind of a for such a time as this moment, um, but I would just love to hear kind mm-hmm. of what the Holy Spirit's been laying on your heart. Yeah, I think when it comes to worship ministry, the Holy Spirit really has put on my heart for quite some time is probably the the necessity for collaboration. Okay, uh, that's good. That's the, really good. The necessity to lean on one another. Mm. And you cannot be the sole person responsible for anything. There are mm. strengths that you have and there are weaknesses that you have and it those two are put in you for a reason so that you can lean on someone else's strengths 
to cover your weaknesses. And so I think it's so important that each and every one of us, if you are in a worship ministry or if you are in a leadership, any capacity in, in a group that you're saying, okay, what am I great at? What am I not so great at? What is that person great at? What are they not so great at? Like, how can we collaborate with one another? Like even looking at um, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is a collaboration. Wow. You know what I mean? That's, like That's so good. Even that is a team. And so yeah. for us to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to lead every song, and then I, afterwards I'm going to do this, and that, 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 I'm, you know, there is a reason why God wants us to be unified um, and, mm. and do things together. And so when I see collaboration or unity in worship, where multiple generations are glorifying the name of Jesus, and there is nothing, there is no ego involved in a worship set, and people are just concerned about glorifying God in a way that he is just so pleased with, I mean, mm. there's nothing better than that. There's honestly nothing better than that. And so um, I think sometimes we can lose sight of that because God has given me the gift and I have this talent and I want to see where mm. I can take myself and yeah. I want to see what you know God can do with me. And if we just shift our perspective to what it, God can do with us, what do you want me to do for my team? Even if you're just a soprano on the team, right? You're like, I don't lead, mm-hmm. I don't lead anything. I'm, I'm just a soprano or I'm just a tenor. or I'm just a bass player. I don't have any leadership capacity. You can lead where you are exactly yeah. where you are. You can lead and say, Hey, how do I come alongside my, my team lead? Hey, how do I, you know, collaborate with this person and, and lift them up? And so, um, wow. I love when I see worship teams do that and really just take that to the next level. And um, I do AG worship conferences throughout mm-hmm. the country. So we did one in Ohio, one in Chicago, and now the next one is in Texas and then Florida. And that's what we're, I'm just going around kind of teaching um, along with other things. We do like workshops and worship nights and yeah. all this stuff. And so I'm just like, trying to rally local worship teams together and saying like, guys, we got this. Like, even if the help is not in your four walls, maybe it's down the street. Like, let's learn from each other. Wow. I love that. And it's such a good reminder in these times where everything seems divided. Like, man, if the church can just rise up in unity and especially in the in the realm of worship. I mean, man, yes. what better display of the love of Jesus than that we would be for each other, be with each other. Um, man, this is amazing. So I'm going to put some, uh, just contact information. People can find out more about free worship. Uh, you can, uh, learn how to, um, you know, basically I I think the Spanish conversation is just getting started. And I think there's going to be so many amazing things, uh, from this. And I hope people feel inspired and challenged just from your words and your encouragement. But yeah, we're going to put some of free worship's music in the show notes, uh, and just how to kind of keep up with everything that they're doing. Alex, you're incredible. Thank you so much for joining us on (laughs) Worshipology. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.